0: Hello, and welcome to the Fad and Dad podcast. I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. His friends call him Fad. I'm Joshua Burks. His kids call
1: him Dad. And we're the Fad and Dad podcast, where faith is meaningful.
0: And wit is an occasional guest. So, uh, whenever I think of St. Natius, though, I also think of *Princess Bride. Why? Because... Inigo Montoya
1: Inigo Ignatius
0: Nice You keep on saying no, that word My name My name is Inigo Montoya You killed my father Prepare to Prepare die Prepare to die Yeah That's um, what it was I think of that What I think is Ignatius
1: I think I used Gosh I used it somewhere In a blog or article Or in a class I taught I put I threw up an Ig- igneo Montoya um, meme that says you keep using that word. I do not think you know what it means.
0: Nice. But you weren't actually talking about Saint Ignatius, were you?
1: No, alas, I wasn't. Because
0: that would be, that would be awesome.
1: Uh, it probably would have been the better and yeah, more awesome if I would have been talking about Saint Ignatius of Antioch. Because that's better than what I have to say. Alas, alas, and hitherto, alas. wherefore.
0: so hi i'm uh father andrew dickinson i am the fad of the fad and dad
1: and i'm dad i'm joshua burks um welcome to episode three three and today we're going to be talking about saint ignatius of antioch the og of Ignatiuses, Ignatii, whatever the plural form of ignatius is
0: do you know of any other Saint Ignatiuses aside from Saint Ignatius of Antioch and Saint Ignatius of Loyola, who founded the Jesuits?
1: Ooh, I don't. Do you know of a sneaky Neither third? Why. All right.
0: No. no well, no. I mean, if, there probably um, is because the Jesuits, like, sure, the Jesuits try to canonize a lot of people, <laughs> and so there probably is some other like Ignatius amongst the Jesuit saints. If we have any Jesuit listeners, maybe leave a comment or something like that. Uh, but yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's bound to be. But Ignatius is also, I feel like it's one of those popular Catholic boy names right now. So, you know, if, if not, may, may one of the many Ignatius of today uh, answer the call.
0: Amen. Amen, that call of holiness. I must be out of trendy Catholic family circles because we're not, we got like a lot of Henry's going on, a lot of Phillips mm. uh, up here. Not a lot of Ignatius.
1: Yeah, uh there's there's I feel like a few a few Ignatius's Ignatia are are dropping in, in some of my social circles, so we'll see. Liz, my dear wife, if you're listening to this and we ever have a fourth boy, we can put it on the list. Or I can just go Ignatius. upstairs and tell her that later.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Either one, um, six of one um, to So
1: to yeah, we're we're looking how do you at OG with your wife. <laughs> through podcasts. Okay. <laughs> Uh, we're looking at Ignatius of Antioch, one of the, the early, early church fathers, probably um, of the same time of Clement, just in a different, um, just in a different geographical area. I, I don't, I, I failed to look up his years, and they're probably somewhere in one of the books uh, around me, but um, well, he's probably... I
0: when I sent you uh, that introduction from uh, my uh, book of the Apostolic Fathers. Yes. Uh, it talks about uh, him likely uh, being martyred uh, during the time of... Trajan, right? Trajan. Yep. Yep. So and Trajan ruled in Rome from 98 to 117 AD. Uh, and so they think it would be around... Uh, 107, uh, 108. Okay. Uh, although some might think a little later than 108, but hey, it's that's pretty early on. Yeah. We're less than 100 years after the resurrection.
1: Yeah, exactly. So he, um, and and legend, you know, maybe capital L, with with credibility, uh, legend has it that uh, Ignatius was in the school of John, the apostle, uh, formed by John the apostle. Uh, also, we see explicitly in his writings, he's a... Uh, uh, a friend and companion to Saint Polycarp, who we'll be looking at in a few weeks as well, with his own martyrdom account. So Saint Ignatius is one of the big, uh, big movers, connected guys of the of the early church, and his writings are awesome.
0: Yeah, hit full snaps. Full snaps. Full snaps.
1: Um, yeah. So the the cause of these writings that we get. Uh, so, St. Ignatius is, we, we gather, he's the bishop in Antioch uh, around Syria. And we see a Christian movement in Antioch that, that starts in Acts of the Apostles, even. Uh, so, the, the church is, is grown and expands to Antioch, and, and Ignatius becomes bishop there. And it seems that, as Fad mentioned, the, the emperor Trajan. Um, is is executing some pun intended? Executing <laughs> some plans against the Christians uh, in his territory. So specifically, there are these pockets of persecution bursting out in Ignatius's home uh, of Antioch in Syria, and so uh, he is captured and is being carted off from his home ultimately to Rome, where he is going to be martyred in the Colosseum uh, by wild beasts as entertainment to the Roman crowds. So if you ever, even if you, uh, you know, while listening to this, if you're not driving or in the car, and you look up uh, Ignatius of Antioch, the the first picture that you're likely to find is an icon of him being torn apart by lions. It's comforting.
0: <laughs> but. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll get to more of that when we look at his letter to Rome. Because yeah. he actually talks uh, really... Interestingly, about is in anticipation of his own martyrdom when he writes to the church in. Rome. He does,
1: uh, so we can we can we can pick that apart a little more when we get to get to Romans. Later. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about his letter to the Ephesians. So we get another church community that's just like Clement wrote to Corinth and like Paul wrote to Corinth. We see Ephesians in the New Testament. This is the same community that Ignatius is writing to? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. And so, and that's just, um, you know, if, if you ever wonder this, because a lot of these communities were some of the bigger communities of the day,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And that's why, you know, Paul went and evangelized there. That's why Paul wrote follow-up letters uh, to places uh, like this or regions mm-hmm. um, like that because, you know, Paul was being strategic in the way he was spreading the gospel, and St. Paul's choices had impact then on the life of the whole church afterwards, and St. Ignatius just reflecting that and choosing to write uh, to the churches. Mm -hmm.
1: Another cool biblical connection that I noticed is, even in the um, first chapter of Ignatius' letter here to the Ephesians, is that Onesimus is one of the bishops that is sent to him. And we find Onesimus in Paul's letter to Philemon or Philemon. Pronounce it however you want. Yep. Uh, That Onesimus is is the slave that that Paul sets free. Uh, And now he's bishop.
0: Yep. Which is really cool. If it's the same, yeah. Onesimus. Right. Onesimus. Onesimus. I'm not saying that. One Simus. (laughs) One Simus. There we go. Pretty sure that's how it's pronounced in Greek. Yeah. We are scholars. Exactly.
1: Uh, So if Ignatius isn't at the top of your baby boy name list, one Simus.
0: One Simus, I think we got away. Yeah.
1: There you go, Liz.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> as you communicate to your yeah. wife through the podcast. Um <laughs> So uh so in this letter, like in, in all of Ignatius' letters, right? Um uh, I don't know if we said this yet, but just he, he's writing as is being transported to his death. Yes, yes. And so just wanting to encourage the churches along the way. And maybe in some ways even just encouraging himself. And some of the churches get wind of the fact that this bishop is being brought to his death. And so they'll send representatives
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: to him. Uh, and he'll then send letters with them to be, to be brought out. Uh, by the way, which just kind of a cultural curiosity uh the oddness of uh how ancient Romans uh, went about arresting, transporting and uh caring for prisoners.
1: How so? Tell me more.
0: Well, I mean just think like like if I was someone like you know, if the United States government, mm-hmm. uh the Demublicans or the Repocrats, or someone start persecuting Catholics <laughs> mm-hmm. and they decide to like arrest me and take me to Washington D C, you know, I'd be like in like some sort a of like full detainment, a prison thing, right? You know, and like I'm not going to be like talking to Bob <laughs> on the street Hey, what do you? Oh, hey, <laughs> hey let me you write you a letter please? really yeah. quick. <laughs> right, right. Hey, could you guys just wait one yeah. moment? I need I need to talk with these guys. Yeah, and so yeah, just that different culture, mm. and and like, because oftentimes, like if you were in prison, you had to care for yourself with your own resources.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In like the ancient Roman world, is that right?
1: Yeah, it? I think so yeah that's that's interesting because um you almost get the impression and and we know this but um just from reading even ignatius and considering his scenario you you see that trajan and the romans it's not even that christianity is illegal and and undermining it's a real threat to them no they're kind of christianity is just a joke and so they're just bringing them to be slaughtered entertainment in the Colosseum. um Christianity wasn't being taken seriously as a political threat to Caesar. Uh he just laughed at it. At this point. At this point, exactly.
0: Right. I mean, but the, he did see the potential for religious threat mm-hmm. because part of the the peace of Rome, the Pax Romana, mm-hmm. as it was called, which is enforced with a gauntleted fist, but the uh, part of the peace of Rome was established because they would allow you to worship your gods. Mm-hmm. You just saw it had to also worship the Roman mm-hmm.
1: gods. Yeah, exactly. Right.
0: And the the Jewish people were the lone exception for mm-hmm. that. They had a license to worship their god without having to worship any other gods, but Christians, yeah, so who
1: are these Christians? Uh, were
0: seen as distinct from uh, Jews mm-hmm. and weren't given that same right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah, And so he's on his way then for... Uh, or to his martyrdom and the first letter that we get um, and I don't know if this is in the order that he wrote them but what we're starting out with is the letter to the church in Ephesus that he sends back with Onesimus and company um, to that to the church in Ephesus and there are um, it's a little letter as far as letters can can go but man there's a lot of beauty here there's a lot of distinct and very catholic themes <laughs> Here, Uh, so we we kind of ring the bell that John Henry Newman rang that uh, to read church history or or paraphrasing to read the church fathers is to cease to be Protestant uh, because you really see some explicit Catholic themes here taking shape in Ignatius. Um,
0: Yeah, which one of those what what are those Catholic themes really jump out to you?
1: So first, it has to be the authority and unity with the bishop. Uh, it just ha- it just jumps off the page. It's almost in every paragraph. Yeah, and I mean he he really jumps on this, and it's it's piggybacking right off of in a in a unique way, but in the same way of what Clement was developing that Christian unity needs to be a distinct sign of our unity in Christ, and that's going to be yeah. centered on your unity with the bishop.
0: Yeah, that's just, uh, and it's not just unity for unity's sake. It's unity through uh, the connection with uh, with the bishop, mm-hmm. um, and and through the bishop union with God in Jesus Christ. Yeah, and so it's it, it's it's a mediated union, and it's a mediated unity, uh, and it's a unity that's not man made. Mm-hmm. And so, like in our own day and age, like. Uh, <laughs> Just to, to jump to the present, uh, like, you know, the church has been opposed to masonry uh, for some, maybe centuries yeah. now. Freemasons. Yeah. Why? What's wrong with the Freemasons? Is it like the church into conspiracy theories? Like in uh, the, uh, what's that uh, movie that probably no one knows anymore? Hmm. Uh, so I Married an Axe Murderer? Oh, I've heard of it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, uh What's what, what, Mike Myers? That's the comedian's yeah. name. Uh, but, uh, anyways, <laughs> that was a weird reference <laughs> that no one's going to get but me, but I'm laughing to myself. Um, <laughs> but, uh, anyways, so like the Freemasons, like part of the notion of Freemasonry is that we can build the fellowship of man just through our own goodwill. Hmm. And, you know, we know because of, and what that forgets about is original sin. Mm hmm. Right, original sin has brought that division into us from the very beginning. We see that, like in the story of the Tower of Babel,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right, that division of humanity, uh, and that's only undone through the Pentecost of Christ.
1: Yeah.
0: Right, and the Holy Spirit, and so um, this this then continues in with that notion, right, that we can't build we can't build the brotherhood of man without the fatherhood of God.
1: Yeah. Well said. Right.
0: I- and so St. Natius sees the bishops as the representative of the Father on earth. Mm.
1: Yeah, I love that, the imagery of Babel that you brought up, because we, we can't achieve unity with God by trying to get to him on our own. But we, we participate right. in his condescension, which is seen through this uh, kind of divine chain of unity. The Father sends the Son and the Spirit, who sends the apostles, who send their successors, who are in union with their flock. Yeah, I um, I have to read this excerpt from so Ignatius' Please. letter to Ephesians, and he's talking about being in union. Is it chapter? It's four? chapter four. Let's yes, go. he's talking about being in union with he. So he calls them the presbyters, at least in my translation, which means the priests. So this carries over into we hit. Ignatius talks about three classifications of the priesthood: the episcopate, the presbyterate, and the diaconate. Which is exactly what, what holy orders are today. The episcopate is the yep. bishop, the presbyterate, are the priests, which Fad participates in, and the diaconate, being the deacons. Uh, hey, Fad.
0: You know, I'm still a deacon. You
1: are too. still a deacon.
0: I mean, I still—I mean, I, I don't function as a deacon per se, but I—I didn't—I don't know. Did I elevate? That's I like a good yeah. When I What's the up, right when word? I still, I, I still, when I leveled up, I still maintained my diaconal <laughs> skills. I didn't have
1: to <laughs> exactly. Those. And so he talks about being in union with the presbyterate, who is in union with the bishop. And he says, Hence, you should act in accord with the bishop's mind, as you surely do. Your presbytery, indeed, which deserves its name and is a credit to God, is as closely tied to the bishop as the strings to a harp. Wherefore, your accord and harmonious love is a hymn to Jesus Christ. Yes, one and all, you should form yourselves into a choir so that in perfect harmony and taking your pitch from God you may sing in unison and with one voice to the Father through Jesus Christ. What beautiful imagery there of the priest being tied to the bishop like a like a strung, uh, string on a harp and that this, this song of unison goes up as praise to the Father. Uh that struck me as dear fad i want your opinion on how you read ignatius as a priest because you participate in this at a much deeper more real level than we who are you know we're called to be in union with you and your bishop but you're kind of one one step deeper into this unity as participating in the presbyterate
0: yeah well, I I know like the, the idea of like musical unity is an image I love just personally, mm-hmm. just not maybe as a priest, but just because you know I'm a, a yeah. music nerd, yep. and like in the music I like is music that's complex, mm-hmm. right? You know, uh, on the pop music side, things like Dave Matthews or OAR mm-hmm. or Rush, uh, and it's music that's like multifaceted, multi layered, and things working together, mm-hmm. right? Where you know, uh, the drum line's actually not just, you know, ticking out a time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it's actually that like complex rhythm what's going on. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so I love that imagery of uh, the symphonic notion of things coming together. Hmm. My experience of that too, as a priest, is like, you know, the great joy of my priesthood is not when uh, I'm the center of things. Mm-hmm. My great joy as a priest is when I'm kind of, in a sense, conducting. Hmm. Cool. Right, but helping bring out the gifts of my parishioners, uh, in union with me, in union with the bishop, uh, in union with the church's teaching. Right, and and also seeing them be moved by Jesus Christ themselves. Mm-hmm. Right, because we're the strings on the lyre in that image, mm-hmm. right, uh, or the harp. And your translation, mine says mm-hmm. lyre, but we're we're the strings on the on the harp, and with with Christ playing them in that harmonious song,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right and to to sing out and, and yeah I just
1: that's that's love beautiful it. I like the imagery that that Christ isn't only the one that we're singing to Christ is the one that's playing the song um, yeah I, I figure there there just must be a, a, a certain resonance that priests and bishops would have when when reading Ignatius here and the um, the high call that really he gives <laughs> to to the importance of this position in in um, safeguarding the deposit of jesus christ in his church
0: yeah. yeah amen and hat tip there on uh the use of the word resonance when we're talking about music oh thanks I thanks got it. oh I got
1: here's it. A, i i almost forgot Lest i forget the most important part of this episode would be to mention uh sure that fad used to be in a band and it was called the briggs of dread and he played the bass how the heck do you remember that? how why would i forget that so, let it oh, no, be immortalized on podcast episode 3 <laughs> of Fat and Dad, The Briggs of Dread. Maybe one day you'll make your comeback. Can I open for you?
0: Probably not with the same band name. <laughs> I, I, don't think I, don't, I, don't, I don't have the rights to the band okay. name. I think TJ uh, or someone else has the rights to that band name. And so, I, I, I think I forfeited those.
1: Fat, uh, I I, it's, it's a note on my phone. It's just The Brigs of Dread. I never <laughs> wanted to forget it. <laughs> So I didn't
0: come up with the name.
1: Even even before his priesthood, Fad wanted to create music as a beautiful act of worship to the Lord.
0: Three three year member of all state band. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, of course, what I you, you remember what I originally went to college for?
1: Uh, chemistry and music. Music hey!
0: secondary ed. secondary ed.
1: nice.
0: To be a high school music and uh, science. Right,
1: teacher. right. Yeah, that's fun. Um, anything else? I, I I brought in the bishop theme. Any any other themes jumping out from Ignatius for you?
0: Sure, it, you know continues to go on um, with that uh, musical image of unity, but also then that you know the importance in uh, I know you have it marked down, but of uh, in uh, chapter seven or paragraph seven mm-hmm. of his letter. Uh, the idea of protecting unity, mm. right, of uh, those who are malicious and deceitful, right, mm-hmm. um, you must avoid them as wild mm. beasts, for they are mad dogs and that bite by stealth, and you must be on your guard against them, for their bite is hard to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, and just maybe thinking there, like, you know, the, the importance for us of praying for that unity mm-hmm. in the life of the church. You know and even from the beginning right and this is again, while we're confident about Christ and his protection and power in the church, we also must believe in the reality of original sin mm-hmm. right we can't forget and as uh, in our day and age we forget about original sin all the time, influenced by uh, modern thought. you know one of the errors of uh, modern progressive thought has fine things in it, but also one of its biggest error though is that it forgets about original mm-hmm. sin and it thinks we can do things on our own. Um, And so we need to pray for that union in the church and protecting that unity in the church.
1: There is, Going off of that, there was this line here in chapter 7, which you just read, and it it just struck me because he he says, you must avoid them, these wicked and deceitful teachers, you must avoid them like wild beasts. And I, I just can't think that he's writing that ever so intentionally because he's already written that... That he hopes to go fight with wild beasts in Rome and become a real disciple of Jesus, um, so I, I, the the thought isn't fully mature yet. But you see that what Ignatius is about to experience in his martyrdom with real wild beasts is being um, symbolized, or there's a spiritual martyrdom, or at least attack that's happening that takes form through false teaching and through deceitful. Um, infiltration into the church so there, there's just this deep connection with his approaching martyrdom but also the attack that that his christian community or at least the community of ephesus is having with this onslaught of false teaching
0: uh it, it almost seems like it's a bit of a mixed metaphor though too but maybe it's just the way of his just thinking about um any opposition in that mm-hmm. way because um, i think like you know the the beasts in Rome are going to be, of course, like the actual mm-hmm. beasts in the circus mm-hmm. uh, where he'll be fed. Um, whereas uh, here, you know, talking about those malicious members of the church that might be corrupting, mm-hmm. or, uh, hurting that unity. And,
1: sure, you know? sure. Um, in our last few minutes, it, it has to be worth it to, to bring up Ignatius' mention of the Eucharist.
0: Please. Oh yes. man.
1: Um, feel free to read any lines that that you highlighted or stood out to you. But all over, well, not all over. Uh, frequent throughout his text is this mention of the Eucharist and celebrating uh, that one loaf together. He says in chapter thirteen, try to gather together more frequently to celebrate God's Eucharist and to praise Him. So, if anything, on a most fundamental base level. We can at least confirm that the earliest churches in the post New Testament or apostolic era were celebrating the Eucharist and believed it to be their source of unity because it was Jesus Christ who can only be our unifying principle.
0: Right, and of course we already see that in Paul and First Corinthians. Of course.
1: Corinthians.
0: Right, of, uh, that if we're not in union, we should, uh, for some reason, we should abstain. Mm-hmm. Uh, from that common, from that expression of unity in the Eucharist. Yes. And so, um, you know, but also, and also to the power of that Eucharist. So going on that same spot you're at, at uh, uh, 13, for when you meet together frequently, the powers of Satan are overthrown Mm. and his destructiveness is nullified by the unanimity of your Mm. faith. Right? And so uh, there is... um, there is something that St. Ignatius counsels and has been inspired in some ways uh, to counsel, that, that there is a power to that unanimity of mm-hmm. faith and that unanimity of giving thanks to God in that Eucharist assembly. Yeah.
1: Oh, amen.
0: And which reminds me, you know, I, I, think, that, that's why one of the, I think that's why one of the biggest things that Satan wants to do is to discourage mm-hmm. you and to uh, make you think in some ways you're not worthy of joining the body of praise. Right. Right, uh, because what Satan hates are the praises and glories of heaven, mm-hmm. and so uh, and the prayer of uh, the Mass on Earth, the Eucharist, is we believe, and the Book of Revelation shows us, right? It's an extension of that heavenly worship, and so he wants that heavenly worship and its echoes on Earth to be silenced. He rages mm-hmm. against it. The enemy yeah. does.
1: Bringing back that song imagery. Beautiful. Yep. Yeah. So some, some really powerful takeaways in an age where, (laughs) um, and you know, we dare not dig into it too deeply, but in an age where things like Bishop's authority and teaching on the Eucharist and Christian unity are just three (laughs) kind of big hot red buttons right now in Christian dialogue, especially Catholic dialogue, uh, may we rely on on the wisdom here from Ignatius on what he teaches us about these things.
0: Uh, amen, without a doubt. I think one thing I want to bookmark this thought, mm-hmm. so we can, since we're going to have more Ignatius yeah. in more uh, weeks, and we're getting near the end of our time for this one, is uh, the connection to C.S. Lewis's essay, Man or Rabbit?
1: Ooh. I know what I'll be reading yes. this week. I've not read that.
0: There you go. It's a short little essay. Cool. But uh, I think there's an interesting connection to this and both with Clement and Ignatius and their concern for unity and, and how – and I think we'll see this theme throughout all the church fathers uh, compared to kind of our own maybe contemporary thoughts about what unity Ooh. is. Fun. Good
1: bookmark. Um, yeah. So thanks for for listening on our dialogue on Ignatius' letter to the Ephesians. Next episode, we're going to be looking at Ignatius' letter to the Magnesians. If I'm milk of Magnesia, milk of Magnesia you can have that in hand as we toast to Ignatius. <laughs>
0: if your heart is burning within <laughs> you, might I recommend Ignatius' letter to the Magnesians?
1: Oh, that's wonderful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so thank- <laughs> This might be one of my favorite ones, actually, The Magne- uh, Letter to the Magnesians. i got to remember if uh, – I think it's one of mine. My- Anyways, there's uh, good stuff. Yeah. I-, I really love St. Ignatius and his letters. When I first uh, read them in the seminary, I still have the book uh, from my seminary days, wo- low almost 20 years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, and it's kind of fun to go back and look and see underlines and things like that from yeah. those
1: days. Yeah, cool.
0: So. All, right. All right. Well –
1: well, thank you, listeners. Yeah. yeah, I guess we should wrap up. Catchy,
0: catchy sign off. Okay. Insert a catchy sign off. <laughs> Visit our sponsors, who are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: <laughs> I love it. Go patron them.
0: <laughs> go yes. Go 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 uh, go. Give to God His. Due. Amen.
1: Thanks for thanks for okay. joining with us. We'll catch you next episode. God be with you. Cheers. That was fun.
0: I'm stopping my garage band. I'm
1: stopping. I'm stopping. I'm. I'm